the title of the message last week, and for some people they were confused at the beginning, and hopefully it made sense, and I've never preached a sermon like that, was just soap. <laughs> soap. And this Sunday the title of the message is A Clean Heart. Say that with me, A Clean Heart. Clean Heart. Psalm 51.10 is one of those verses that uh, yeah, you probably, how many in this room have like verses, I call them life verses? Verses that like you know so well, they're just part of your, your almost your everyday life. And, and I have a series of verses that I speak um, every single day. I say these verses over myself, over my family, over this church. But there's some personal verses, I call them life verses. Psalm 5110 is, I consider one of those life verses Matter of fact, I encourage you to read Psalm 51 itself because there's a lot of amazing things in there when David is like repenting and he's like, restore in me those things. And this verse uh, is, is probably the one that I, I just pray over all the time. I say, Psalm 51, say it with me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Say that again. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Some versions will say a steadfast, but a right spirit. Create in me a, a clean heart. And, and so there's this, this mindset, like, like we got to pray, God, create in me this, this clean heart. Now, have you ever heard the expression, you are what you eat? So, I mean, like, you're going to be a fish today. <laughs> But in, in a sense, uh, you are what you put in your body. It's kind of what you get in return, right? If you put junk food in it all day, you're going to get in return a, a lot of sickness. I mean, you're just not going to feel good. You are what you eat. And if you put in healthy things and good things, you're going to feel better. It's, it's true. But how many know you also are what you think, right? You are what you think. Proverbs 23.7. Bible scholars, how many know that verse? 23.7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. So you are what you eat. Very true. But you also are what you think. And what you think affects your heart. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. So I need, I need to ask God, create in me a clean heart, but help me have right thinking. I need to think right. Amen. So let's get into this. Mark chapter 9 is this story. Um, and, and before we jump in again, let me just give you a little bit of the background in case you weren't here last week. Right before uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 17, where we're going to read, we find Jesus at a place that is called the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, and he goes up to the mountaintop with three of his disciples. The other nine disciples are down at the, at the bottom of the mountain. The, other, the three go with him. And so here we have Peter, James, and John with Jesus up on this mountain called the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, the word transfiguration means to be illuminated, okay? Uh, to, to, be, to radiate or to be radiant in glory, uh, to be elevated to something that's uh, not, not human-like. So Jesus was radiant in the glory of God. He's, he's there on the mountaintop, and he's having a conversation with none other than Moses and Elijah. Now, how, how cool is that? Like, like, like he, he's spending time. How do you think those three disciples, they were probably just sitting there with their jaws on the ground, like, what are we actually looking at right here? 
And so here's this scene. Jesus is having a conversation with those two prophets from the Old Testament leaders, and, and they're talking about what's to come. And we understand in this room, we now know what was to come. Of course, that was the cross, right? So they're having a conversation about what was going to come, and, and, and all these things are happening. And if you remember, it's at that moment that Peter interrupted the, the conversation, right? He interrupts them, and, and, and while Jesus is speaking to Moses and Elijah, Peter basically says, I want to stay here forever. Can we just stay here? I love this so much. How many know when we get a glimpse of heaven someday, you will never want to come back. You'll be like, I'm in God's full presence, amen? So, so he gets a glimpse of heaven. Heaven has come to earth. But, but what happened was the point was not to stay on the mountain for Jesus or for the others, for, for Peter, James, and John. The point was Jesus to go back down the mountain, right, and to forgive the sins of the world by dying on the cross. This is the point, and then he would go to heaven. So after Peter interrupts the conversation, of course, God the Father, God who called Jesus son at that moment, my son, he also interrupts Peter and he says, hey, could you please be quiet and listen? <laughs> sometimes we just have to, how many know sometimes we have to quiet our hearts and our minds to hear what God has to say? You know, it's like, I, I, there's moments in my life when I just have to kind of be alone and I just meditate on the word day and night and I just have to listen for God. And just, God, would you just speak to me right now? Or just, would you just fill my heart and my mind, Lord God, just, just through your word? And so God's telling him to kind of be quiet. And so that's an amazing thing. That's a sermon in itself. I could stay there, but we know they come down off the mountain and as Oftentimes, Jesus was uh, uh, coming back into a place where there was an enormous crowd of people gathering. But one of the reasons why there was an enormous crowd that was happening was there was something happening on the scene where this little boy who was filled, was demonic, was filled with a demon, demonic filled, he was foaming out of the mouth, he was rolling on the ground, and the other nine disciples were like, saying like, we can't do this. We can't handle this. And so that's where we find ourselves. Remember, Jesus just comes off the mountain after being in God's glory. And now he comes back to kind of reality. And he's, he's here, right here, verse 17, Mark chapter 9. That's kind of what happened before this. Starting at verse 17, a man in the crowd answered, Jesus is coming down the mountain, right? Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And then these words, you unbelieving, some translations will say faithless generation. Lord, I pray that we will not be a faithless generation. How many know mountains still move, amen? Miracles still happen. It's easy for us to think, oh, that only happened back in the Bible days. No, people are still being healed today. Jesus replied. He said, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I, I, this whole conversation is kind of, uh, it's like he's a little bit agitated here. Bring the boy to me. So verse 20, so they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, 
Oh, that, that right there in itself is powerful, isn't it? It immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. So it's like one more, he's trying one more time to mess up this boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, he said, how long has he been like this? A question that we might all want to ask. And the father said, from childhood, he answered. And it has often thrown him to the fire, into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus obviously could do something. So verse 23, Jesus asked a question. If you can, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, smart man, right? I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So he's saying, I believe, but I also ask you to help me because he's also admitting that he has some unbelief. I think there's probably times in our life when we say, I believe in God, but also help me in those times when I struggle with believing, right? And Jesus is like, this is, this is a good thing, what's happening here. When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. And he said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. Now we know why there was a crowd. All this is happening. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, here's the unbelief, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood him up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately. They're back together. He, and they're like, why couldn't, you know, Jesus, why couldn't we drive him out? Like, well, what's the big difference here? And Jesus replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. And some translations right there will say by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Amen. That's the right thing to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that you have enabled us to do more than we could ever ask or think. God, we thank you that you, Lord God, are renewing us by your spirit, Lord. And we want more. Lord, even right now, I pray as we hear the word today that we will be encouraged. We will be uh, uh, more prepared for things that come, God. That, Lord, our prayer life would grow. Uh, our time in the word would grow, God. And that, Father, we can do mighty things through Jesus. Not through our own abilities and our own strength, because, Lord, we have to have you. So we ask today that you would fill us, Lord God, to do more than we could ever ask or think in this church. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said amen. 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 All right. I shared with you one thing last week. I'm going to finish this morning giving you the other two. I should say I'm going to finish the, the three main points, and then I actually next week we'll conclude this. Number one, the first thing I shared last week, and I'm going to do it again, is when you give yourself over to a life of prayer and fasting, and, I, and it's good to pray over your, over your Big Macs. It's good to pray over your eight-ounce steak. But how many know that's good, but there's more to it, Amen. That, that's a good beginner level, but we're asking for God that we would have this like conversation with God all day, all the time, right? It's just like, like, like we're just talking to God uh, from time to time, like kind of like you talk to your phone. Anybody here talk to Google or Alexa? Yeah, all the time. I talk to Google. I'm asking my phone questions all the time. It's amazing how many answers it knows, right? God knows more. I want to talk to God more than I talk to my phone, Amen. And so, so the number one thing, the first, not the number one, but the first thing we talked about, that if you give yourself over to a life of prayer and fasting, 
is it will slow you down. You see, because how many know we live in a life where we are just so, so uh, uh, constant, we are constantly moving and we are constantly thinking about what's next and what I got to do here. A life of prayer and fasting will cause you to give space and time to God in your life. We all need a good dose of slow down from time to time. And you might have to, you might have to give yourself, you might have to wake up 30 minutes earlier or you might have to spend a little less time doing something. Like, I have to sacrifice something in order to, to give God the time. I need to slow down the time. When you're feeling anxious, you're feeling you know, sluggish spiritually. Maybe that's a season you've gone through. Where you're just like, I feel a little bit sluggish. I, just, I feel like I'm, I'm going through some things. I, I notice oftentimes it, it happens when we feel like spiritually sluggish. Or, 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 or extremely anxious, more than normal. I, I find oftentimes it's when we're hurried, when we're in a rush, and we're not in prayer and, and fasting and reading the word like we should be. Amen. See, when, when you get down on your knees and, and you find this time to give space to God and you just kind of slow down for a moment, there's more of me left over for everyone else, right? And I like that thought of like, like if I give God that space and I, and I slow down, there's more of me to give to others. Believe it or not, you'll find yourself, if you just slow down for, for, a, for a time during your day, you say, just for this moment, I'm going to set aside this time for God. There will be a lot more of you for the rest of the day. It's amazing how that works. Number one, it will slow you down. God, how many know God wants to spend time with us? And the person who wants to know God, who wants to grow, who wants to have peace, like, like all these things that we talk about, and joy, and, and that person must spend time with God. So the second thing is, this is where we're going to spend more time uh, this morning, is the second th- thing that will happen in a life of prayer and fasting is it will tap you in. Say that with me. It will tap you in. And I'm not talking about WWE wrestling right here. <laughs> But it will tap you in. It will slow you down. It will tap you in. What I'm talking about, you will tap in into a, a new power, into a new energy. Those nine disciples that they tried to work with that boy, right, when Jesus came, how many know he, he tapped in that boy, all of a sudden that demon tapped into something that he had never experienced before. That is the power of Jesus, and when we, when we spend time with God, when we spend time in the word of God, it will tap us in. And you know, I think of all the times that we feel run down. Anyone ever feel run down, feel tired? You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I oftentimes, sometimes I feel like that. I feel run down, I feel tired. It could be mentally, physically, emotionally, but there are times that we feel just tired. You know, just just life is like that sometimes. But yet the Bible says when we are run down, when we are weak, guess what? He is not. When we are run down, see, he doesn't get tired like us. God does not get tired of our prayers. Ain't that good to know? God does not get tired of us talking to him. I mean, there's some people in your life that... that that you might get tired when they talk or you talk, but God enjoys that he does not get tired. 
He's enough. What is so beautiful when I stop what, am I, what I'm doing, when I, when I just pause and I get down on my knees and, 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 and I stop what I'm doing for a minute, it's in that moment that God gets into my situation. Like, like when I slow down and I tap into prayer and I tap into the word of God, that's when God gets into my situation and he's, he's working on our behalf. And it's in those times when you'll find that God will put this, this strength in you, this, this inner strength that you had no idea that you had. He will give you new strength when you tap into him. Amen. And maybe somebody here today, you, you feel a little bit tired. Like, like I said, life can be like that. And so I want to encourage you to never stop tapping in to God. Amen. Never stop tapping in to the word of God and spending that time. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Huh. I mean, we have the ability to have the power of God to come upon us and do greater things, to do mighty things for God. Amen? We just got to tap into it. It's like an outlet. I mean, I can run a vacuum all day, but if I'm not plugged into some power, it ain't doing much good. I'm just wasting energy. I'm wasting time. I'm wasting movement. I could be doing other things. But the moment I plug into that power source, things happen. So we need to plug in. Life, life can be draining. We know this, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So this week, I'm, like I said, life can be draining. So this, this week I had an opportunity. I call it an opportunity. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not. I want to show you this picture here I have. Some of you might have seen this here. Now look at all those people. Don't they all look happy? Oh, yeah. Look at that. We all look happy. Matter of fact, I posted another picture where we were laughing. I'm going to be honest with you. There weren't a lot of smiles in that room for the week. <laughs> we, were, we were a little bit drained. I mean, for, for four days, we, we pretty much have to oversee about 150 pastors and, and a whole bunch of churches. And we have to talk about some tough issues some of our churches are going through. We were, we're working with lawyers and accountants. Uh, and just a lot of stuff. Matter of fact, we spent about four hours discussing the difference between the word, a couple words in our bylaws. I mean, I was sitting there, I was texting Heather. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I can't take this anymore. You know, what's the difference between eligibility and recommendations? I mean, we, like, we, took, we talked about an hour about the word eligibility and what it means. So I, I'm just telling you, I was so drained. I was so tired. I mean, so from about 7.30 in the morning to about literally a couple of days until 8 p.m. at night, we sat and we just talked about you know, just the region, our open Bible churches, and, and just things. Some people are going through some hard things. Can I tell you honestly? I was drained. But what I love is every morning what we would do, we started our board meetings with about two hours of prayer and intercession. It's amazing. You know, like on your phone, the little battery light? It's amazing when you plug in your phone, you're like, bloop, 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 bloop. And how many have a phone? Like your battery gets drained throughout the day, doesn't it? The more you use it, that thing drains. And, and so I love the fact that, like, as these meetings, are, we would feel drained. We would come back the next morning every day, and we would just spend, like, almost two hours in prayer and worship. And we, we all kind of just spread out, and we get on our faces before God. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's just like the Energizer bunny hit us, right? And we were all just like, I'm ready for the day. We tapped into God. 
No matter how drained we felt, it was just like, God, I'm just so thankful. I get this opportunity to do these things for you. Like, are you kidding me right now, God? I'm so thankful for this opportunity I have to, to talk about you, to, to know you. Amen? And I'm going to wish you to have that heart. God, I'm just so excited that I get to know and talk to the creator of the universe. What a, what, a, what a thought that is. Like when you're feeling drained, when you learn to tap into God, he will fill you up. And you will make it through today. You will make it through tomorrow. Every, that battery light will just keep filling up 100%, 100%, 100%. And you'll get drained from time to time. But tap back in. Amen? We had really good meetings. Amazing things happen. A lot of it's going to affect Harvest Land Church You'll be hearing more about Spring Conference coming up. Really, the eyes of the organization are going to be here. We're going to have the president of our movement. We're going to have some regional leaders. We're going to have missionaries here. So it's going to be an amazing thing happening to our church in just a few uh, a short, like two months. So I'm excited about it. And, and it, it, at times, it might even feel like we're being drained. But guess what? We're going to tap into something greater. And there's going to be a, a, a greater uh, uh, level that we're going to go to from this. So if we're feeling drained spiritually, when I feel tired spiritually, it's because I'm not praying. You know, like, like if I feel drained, it's usually not because of all these circumstances. I can usually come back to the fact like, God, I didn't spend time with you today. Like I missed out on this. And, and that's the reason why I feel drained spiritually. So number one, it will slow you down. A life of prayer and fasting will slow you down. You'll have that space, that time for God. Number two, you will learn to tap into his strength and his power. And number three, thirdly, it will clean you out. Say that with me. It will clean, say me though. It will clean me out. A life of prayer and fasting will clean me out. Creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, David said. And we all say it. It will clean you out. Like when you meet God in scripture, when you pray to him, I mean, the spirit of God has this cleaning agent power. Amen. It will clean you out. It, it does things. There's this cleansing that happens. And here's the truth. We live in a dirty world, don't we? How many can agree? Like, we live in a world that there's a lot of filth out there. And I don't mean like dirt on the ground. I mean like things in the culture. We live in a dirty world. And it's constantly filling our minds and our hearts with things that God does not want in it. We need to have a life of prayer and fasting so that God can clean us out. Amen? Like, like God, clean out my, my mind and my heart. So we've got to understand that Jesus cleansed our heart, and, and this all fulfilled the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, priests, the priest would represent God. And, and, and you would go to the priest, and the, but now in the New Testament, now we go to Jesus. And we, we, that's the one we go to for, for this cleansing. But first in the Old Testament, they would go to a priest and what would happen is the priest could not show up. He was not allowed to be in the presence of someone unless he washed his hands. Now, it's interesting. Last week, I noticed all of the paper towels got used up in the church after Sunday. I don't know what it was. All the soap dispensers were half empty. <laughs> I was, if you were here last week, I, I gave some 
not so pleasant stats about people and the germs we carry on our hands, right? And then I had everybody shake hands. I know. And then I think everybody ran to the bathroom after church and started scrubbing, right? <laughs> it's a good thing. Did anybody this week at all, just at one time subconsciously, if you were here last week, did, were you like, I need to wash my hands a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I know I did, yes. Rick's shaking his hands and cleaning. It was true, right? Like, like I want to remember that because it's like, I need to really thoroughly cleanse my hands to rid myself of these germs. But like in God's presence, like I need to really come into his presence that like God created me a clean heart, right? right? Renew this right spirit. Cleanse me so that I can be rid of all the filth that this world tries to put on me. Amen? Created me. And there was a ceremony in the Old Testament. Like they would have this ceremony, literally what they would do, the priest would have a ceremony in public and they would literally do this and people would wash, watch them wash their hands. It was a public display. A way of saying that sinful man cannot stand before God. Right, right. There has to be a washing. There had to be a sacrifice. Uh, but what happened, unfortunately, it got perverted it got distorted somewhere along the line. And by the time that Jesus showed up in history, uh, uh, if you go back just two chapters from Mark chapter 9, you go back to Mark chapter 7, and, and, and I encourage you to read it sometime this week, Mark chapter 7. But if you, you, in Mark chapter 7, there's this, I like to say this amazingly funny um, story where Jesus and, uh, or the disciples, I should say, of, of the Pharisees. The Pharisees had some disciples and the scribes had some disciples. Those disciples of the Pharisees and the scribes, they come to Jesus, right? And they come up to Jesus and they, they like question him. And, and they say like, like, Jesus, your disciples eat with unclean hands. But we're, we're the disciples of the Pharisees and we don't do that. We don't do what your disciples, so they're questioning Jesus. And it might be easy to think, like, yeah, they were onto something. Maybe, like, someone might read that and think, like, man, maybe they were onto something here. Maybe they had a, a point. Like, maybe the disciples of Jesus shouldn't have done that. Um, because that's gross. <laughs> that's unsanitary, right? And, and so, but here's the thing. It wasn't so much an issue of germs, to the Pharisees. They were not talking about germs. They were like, they weren't saying like, we wash our hands to get rid of the germs. No, it was an issue that they were saying that your disciples do not go through the rituals or the traditions of the Pharisees. So they're saying, Jesus, we go through all the rituals and the traditions, but your disciples don't do that. Right? They're, they're like, they, your disciples skipped that process. And what was happening now is that they were making it all about them, about what they could do. They made it all about what they did for God. Look at what we're doing for God. We're doing these things. So they went through this show, and they would wash their hands in public to show everybody, look what I'm doing for God, okay? And so the Bible says in Mark chapter 7 that they came to Jesus having found fault. Side note, side note. If you look for fault in someone, you will find them every time. Can I get an amen? 
If you go through life trying to find fault in people, you will find fault. If you spend time with me for a week, you will find fault in me. If I find fault in you, I mean, same thing, vice versa. Amen. How many know if we look for fault, we'll find fault? And Jesus is basically saying that. He's like, like you're looking for faults in people. And, and, and I want to say this. I like said, like, this year, 2020, let's stop looking for faults. Let's start looking for the good in people. Amen. Let's look for the best in people, right? I mean, we are the, the church of the one who came to set people free, amen? We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Let's, let's instead of finding the fault, let's find the good and say, like, like I can work with that. Let's, let's work together on some things. You'll find whatever you look for, you know? If you're looking for a reason to get offended, you'll get offended, Amen? If you're looking for a reason to get hurt, you'll get hurt. Um, but if you're looking for a place, say, I'm looking, God, to grow. Like, like I'm not, I don't want this to be a public thing. Like, look what I did. No, it's like, God, I want you to do something on the inside of me. Change my heart, oh God. Change me. So they're looking for fault in Jesus. And they found fault in Jesus, right? They, they looked for fault and they found fault. They're like, your disciples aren't doing this ritual. And they did this while he was healing people. While he was teaching people, they still found fault. And Jesus said, my disciples, however, are not going to do your traditions. Isaiah the prophet put it this way in the Old Testament. He said, he said my people worship me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. How I many know? It's possible to live your life worshiping God, getting, trying to get to know him through your lips, like what you say, but possibly is it true that your heart could be far from him? Like, like I don't want to be just that, that person that just says all these things and says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to live for God, I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, but yet your heart is still far from him because your heart is contaminated by the dirt of sin. Create, say it with me, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, right? I mean, David knew this very well. When he penned this, he had been through quite a year. I mean, a lot of bad decisions were made on his part. But now he's coming back to God. And aren't you thinking when we serve a God, his grace is sufficient for us. And when we come to him with that heart, like, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, renew the right spirit within me. Like, I am so sorry for what I said. Like, like I don't want to go down this path anymore. I don't want to live, I don't want my life to leave a legacy of somebody who can never decide what they wanted uh, in life and look, I want to really live a life that is very intentional. Like that's a word. While we were in our board meetings, we were asked, each one of us in that circle were asked to speak one word that, that is something God is challenging us with. My word was gratefulness. And, and I talked about that to the board. I talked about, like, I want to live a life of being grateful. But one of the other people on our board said, intentional. And it just like hit me real hard. I'm like, that's how I want to live. I want to live my life with intentionality. Like, like, like I, want, I don't want to just wake up and just be like, well, whatever happens, happens. No, I want to wake up and say, God, today you're going to do something great in my life. Like, God, I'm, I'm believing that today, God, you're going to speak to me. You're going to use me. Amen. And I want to be very intentional about my, my life. 
and the things I say. So what the Pharisees did not understand in this situation was this whole culture of washing hands. They were doing it not, like I said, they were not doing it just to be clean. They weren't like, oh, we want to have clean hands in that sense. They were doing it to kind of be showy. Look what we've done. Look what we're doing for God. But yet on the inside, there was a lot of issues. It was never meant to be a religious thing that was happening on the outside. It was about a supernatural reality that God wanted to do on the inside. Amen. Everything that we do in in the house of God should have purpose and intentionality. Like, I don't want to just do these things. I don't want to just lift my hands because everyone else is doing it. I don't want to just say things because I know it's going to make someone else happy to hear. No, I want to say, God, change me from the inside. Amen. Like, really change the way I think and the way I, I act and the way I speak and the way I treat others. God, I want to live this kind of life. I want to be intentional about it through seeking God in prayer. And how many know it all begins right there in prayer? Amen? Like, I can say you could do, like, these 12 steps or five steps, these five pillars. I mean, I've been to pastor's conferences, and they give us all these steps about how to pray and the five things and the four things. But basically, it comes down to one thing. Let's just spend that time with God in prayer and in the Word. Amen? And then we can do all the other things. And God, that you would just use this moment to speak to our hearts right now, that we will learn to seek you through prayer. Church, we need to be a church that prays. I prayed today that you prayed for at least five minutes before you came to God's house. I'm not going to ask you, but think about that. Did you pray this morning for five minutes at least? I mean, did did you set aside time? I mean, because like I'm entering into the house of God to worship you. I pray that you spend that time saying, God, prepare me to hear from you today. Because, I mean, we are so distracted people. And, And if you didn't do it, don't be filled with guilt and shame right now. Just say, okay, I got this. I see what the Lord is saying. He's now saying, I need to start this and be intentional about it. Amen. Don't, don't kill yourself over with guilt right now. Actually use it as a motivation to be like, okay, this is something I want to do. Because I think sometimes we hear things and we're like, oh, I'm no good. No, it's God's way of saying you are good enough. You can do this. Be intentional about it. Amen. Like start saying like, I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And, so, and then that will grow and that will become something as a life of prayer. And maybe there are people, we have young people in our church, they're out there working right now. And I know because Heather's going to be leading the youth for a season and I'm going to be helping her. Uh, uh, and I've, I've been a youth pastor. We have many kids and many of you in this room, you ne- they never saw anybody model a life of prayer in their life. I mean, I've talked to many kids. They're like, in my home, we never prayed. There was all kinds of fighting. There was all kinds of, of swearing. There was all kinds of this. People watch, right? And they've just never seen what it means to have a godly man or woman model a life of prayer and integrity. Guess what? They're looking at us. They see how we respond in worship. They see how we respond to moments of prayer. And listen, I want to leave a legacy, amen? I want my life not to be just about me, but what am I doing to leave a legacy for that next generation? And there are many, many kids, there are many, many adults that have never seen anybody model a life of prayer. And maybe that's you. And maybe say, Lord, I want to be the person who starts it, amen? 
I, I, I want to be the momentum starter, a life of prayer, seeking God through prayer, seeking God through scripture. As, as I like to say, as we do life together, I think that's a beautiful thing, don't you? Like, like with my family, my, my daughters and my son-in-laws and some of my close family, like, like I, I always like to say, like, we're doing life together. We don't always see each other every day, but like there's this thing. How many know in the house of God as a church family, like we are doing life together, church? Like, like there are times when someone in this room, you're going to need to pick me up. And I pray that we can be there for you to help pick you up. Amen? I don't want to find all the faults in you, and you don't want to find the faults in me. But I do want to be there and say, come on, we can do this together. I'm here to help you and to pick you up. And that's, that's what Jesus is doing here. And he's teaching this throughout the scriptures. Because, you know, this, this corporate thing we have on Sundays is a beautiful thing. I love Sunday church. But I would love it if the church was full. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? I mean, we should be all together worshiping God. I mean, we have enough people that call us home. We should almost be a service and a half. Like, we should be full plus some leftovers. That's <laughs> and that's going to happen. But in the moment until that happens... We have to learn to have a life that is followed by personal prayer and study. Sunday morning is fantastic. The 89 minutes that, we, oh, it just went to 1130. The 90 minutes that we've spent in church today has been great. But it must be followed up by prayer and fasting and reading the word all week. Amen? Because if this is the only time you plug in your phone or you plug into God, or tapping, and you don't do it until next Sunday, your battery's gonna run really low. They'll probably run out somewhere in the middle of the week. I need to tap in every single day, amen? I need to learn to tap into that power, find time with God, tap into his power, and ask him to cleanse me, to wash me from the inside out. I'm gonna close by reading these couple scriptures. Because you might, how does this all work? Like, so what's, let's find what it says. In, I actually have two translations here. James chapter 4, verse 8. The first translation says, how does this work? Well, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, meaning like cleanse like the things, how you're living, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And the, the message translation says, it's, it's really cool. I like how it says, say a quiet yes to God. And he'll be there in no time. Don't you like that? Like, yes, God, I'll do what you ask. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. That hurt a little bit? That stings. When I read it, I'm like, ouch. Okay, I get this. Quit dabbling in sin. Like, like, like I, 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 there's got to be this point where I have to start saying, like, others, my testimony means something. Amen. How many, how many in this room have a testimony of like God healed you, God saved you, amen? Everybody should have a testimony. Anybody, right? We all have that testimony. But how many know our life is a testimony every day? Like if I were to have a testimony service, it'd be very easy for us to say, back in 1975, <laughs> back in 1980, that's all good. I mean, back in 1980, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ at Clear Lake Camp in Iowa. My dad was there. He knows that camp. That's great. But I want to say back in February 7th, 2020, my life was a testimony for somebody who was struggling. How I many of our life is a testimony every single day? And what you do with that testimony is up to you and God. 
So I want to say, God, I want my life to be a testimony every day so people be like, that is somebody who's real. They're, they're, they're real. Like they don't pull punches, but they also are somebody who when they see something, they, they, they start working on it. Amen? I don't want to be like the Pharisees who put out this image of like, everything is okay. We're doing all these things. No, I want to just say, like, God, I need you today. Amen? Like I was texting Heather Tuesday at like 3 o'clock like, I am so sick of these meetings. I really like, I just, I just want to like, Calgon, take me away. You know, like anything I could think of. And she's like, you're okay. You'll be fine. You know, <laughs> chill out. But then the next morning, uh, like 10 o'clock after we pray, I'd be like, I am so thankful to be here. God is doing something in my life. And I, cause I just tapped in. I spent time with God. How many, how, how many of you remember the hokey pokey song? I should make you do it. That would be a really rememberable service. You'd be like, I never will forget that time Pastor made us do the hokey pokey. I'm not going to do it. You can do it on your own time. But you remember that song, all right? You put your foot out, you put your right foot in, and you. Okay. I think sometimes that's what we're doing in our walk with God. Like we kind of put our right foot in, we kind of, we try it out. I'm going to pray, I'm going to start reading my Bible. And it's real easy to like um, take my right foot out. I just put it right back in the world. How many know, I need to quit playing the hokey pokey with God and just get in and stay in. Amen. <laughs> let's, let's stand. Would you stand with me? What the scripture is saying here is draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Like, Seek God with your heart. Don't seek God with your, your word, like, like, your, like your outward. I want to seek God from the inside. Like, Lord, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to, be a, I want to leave a legacy for, for, my, for my friends, for my children or grandchildren and, and great-grand, whatever the next generations are. I want to live a life of being very intentional. And, and we're going to make mistakes along the way. But I thank the Lord that there will be people in the body of Christ that will be there to help us through and pick us up. Amen? Maybe in this room there are times that you said a word to me or to my wife, and it was right at the right moment. You had no idea. But it was like that moment I needed to hear something. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, God, that you put that word in that person's heart, and they spoke it. Like, like you picked me up. And I pray we've done the same for you. We should do that for one another. Amen? Like, I mean, you could literally find a lot of fault right now. And me. And that's no fun. That's no good. And I could find fault in you. And guess what? We're just going to beat each other up. And we're going to be worn out and tired. And then we can't do the work of the gospel. Like, there's a lot of people right now that are living life, but they're missing the greatest thing ever. And that is knowing and having hope in Jesus Christ, having peace. And so as long as we, within the body of Christ, keep focusing on all of our issues and we don't just start banding together, right? Bind us together. Then we can go out and, and have a mission to reach the lost. And, but it starts right here, amen? It starts on an individual level. Like it starts right at home saying, God, I give you my life. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Like, like there's many verses. You might have verses that you like to speak over your life and just take that time with God. I mean, I would not be a good shepherd if I didn't tell you thing, anything else. I would actually be a very lousy shepherd if I didn't speak these things. And as, as a shepherd, I want to say it is vital to your spiritual health that you do these things. Like I, I, could, I could counsel you for weeks 
I could talk to you for hours, but I could really break it down in those three things. Seek God, spend time with God, tap into his power and ask him to clean out your heart. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? And I want to say, because as we pray, I've never regretted praying. <laughs> I mean, like there's no time that anyone, I don't think anyone ever looks back and says, and says you know, I really regret that I prayed. I really regret that I, but we don't say those things. Like we're, look, like every time we pray, God, that we are in, in drawn in closer to you. And there are things that we regret in life, but one of those things that we never regret is spending time with the Father. And Father, I pray as a body that we would, as we've said the last few weeks, that we would protect our future by living carefully now. You know, the beautiful thing is the more we seek God, the more we seek his face, and the more we get to know him, the less we spend living in regret. It really does happen. The more time that we spend with God, the further those things of old, they start, as the song says, they start looking strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And Lord, now I pray for this body, Lord, as we dismiss. God, that this week would be a week that we would spend that time with you. If there's somebody in this room today, you've been challenged. Not, I don't want you to feel guilty per se. I want you to feel motivated to be like, okay, thank you. I have my, I have my, my orders or I have my game plan. I have the play that we needed. Like I need, here it is. Here's the X's and the O's. Now let's go out and accomplish this, this mission. Like, like when I played basketball, my coach didn't say, okay guys, just run out there and do whatever you want and just figure it out. No, he gave us specific plays to run. He's like, you are supposed to be here, you go there, and if you execute this right, you'll win or you'll do well. Many times we didn't execute. We would do our own thing and, and, and it didn't work out so well. Lord, I pray that we would hear the game plan today. Lord, we see the X's and the O's. We see what needs to happen. Lord, I pray that we won't just go through life saying, oh, just, I'm just gonna go through it and see what happens. No, God, I wanna be intentional and in saying, I wanna spend that time with you, set aside that time. I need to really start digging into the word and asking you to clean out anything in my life that doesn't belong for a moment, would you just hear from the Lord this morning? What is he telling you? Jesus. Hallelujah. Draw near to God. Make space for God. And he will clean your heart. He will clean the way you think. He'll change what you value. Draw near to God. as we close, I pray that we will value our testimony. Let our testimony be one of those driving forces in our life that we, we look at it with high regard. That, God, that there are people who don't know you. There are new Christians. There are people who are struggling. That They, they look to us. I pray that our testimony, God, would be such a shining example of how you took us in our 
guilty states and, and our sh- sin and our shame. And you gave us direction. You gave us a new name. You, you, you gave us a new star. I, I, I just sense there's someone in this room, God's saying like, I'm here to say you can start over today. So God, we do that. We move forward now from this moment. We say, God, I'm going to start making some things, some changes in my life. Guide us and lead us this week. Let us tap in every day. And we'll come back here full and ready to go. I pray this over the body. Now bless those who have to leave, God. I pray for those who are traveling, those who are not feeling well today. Some aren't here today because they're sick and traveling or whatever it is. God bless every single person, friends and family who are part of this body. Bless those who are going to be part of our body. Lord, I pray for those who are able to stay now that you would bless this food here to our bodies. Thank you for those who have prepared it those who have spent the time cooking it and getting it ready. Lord, I pray that the youth who are going to elevate, every dollar will be met. I pray that there won't be any young person who says, I can't afford this, I want to go. Lord, I pray that we will be able to send all of our young people to elevate. Bless each one now as we go. Our testimony, let it shine through this week. In Jesus' name, amen.